Hello, and welcome to part two of our chat with Pete Morse. Before we start, I just wanted to say the response to part one was phenomenal, so thank you for getting in touch, and I'm really glad people seem to like listening to it. Because this chat was recorded in one session, part two jumps straight in. It does start with Alex asking what sounds like an innocuous question. Enjoy. Were you always a crew fan? Wow. No. <laughs> this is this is this wow. That is a that's a, that is, that is a bad question. That is a scoop, yeah. I was brought up supporting Stoke City. And if you go uh, to the Bet365 Stadium. Yeah, I don't blame it. you. I don't blame <laughs> you. Um, no, I, I supported Stoke, went to Stoke with my dad, because that's where my, that's where my family are from, um, my dad and my brothers. If you go to the Bet365 Stadium now, you'll find a brick with my name on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but I mean, it quickly, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with uh, joining crew at eight or nine, um, and then obviously you, you get, when you're at the academy, or you certainly did in my day, I'm sure you do now, you get, get free tickets. So that was a, a big draw for my dad. Who suddenly was getting free tickets instead of paying from for Stoke? So uh, my my loyalties were pretty divided for a while, and I, I do remember Dario not being very impressed. And he made me sit in the dugout, the away dugout, at the Victoria Ground for a Stoke Crew game. He said, "You get in our dugout um, as a, as a kid, uh, making sure that I was cheering for the right team." Um, so you know, I was still sort of uh, one of my brothers is still he stayed with Stoke. My other brother is a is a Crew fan now. Both of those two were ball boys at Crew. But my dad watches Stoke. Uh, sorry, sorry. My dad watches Crew. Uh, I watch Crew, and um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's fair to say that I've been converted. I've watched Stoke for a. To be to be, to be fair, we'll hold my hand up and say if Stoke get to a big game, I still go. So I went to Wembley for the cup final. Went to Wembley for the semi final, and um, I think the last game I watched was them getting stuffed at home by Arsenal. I think it must have gone down that season. But yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm all Crew now. That's fine. So next year when we play them in the championship, you'll, you'll be <laughs> well. You'll be in the you'll be yeah, in the way of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got no affinity to Stoke in that way anymore. But it, all my family supports Stoke, and I actually went and played at Stoke as well. First, played for the Junior Potters, uh, and but they did. They did. I mean, Dean Ashton. Dean, I'm not. Dean wasn't a Stoke fan, but Dean, you know, there's a there's a few players who went to Stoke first, but the the, the setup then was an absolute shambles. And luckily, in, in uh, unluckily in, in my case, but luckily in Dean's case. There was nothing for him there, really, and he came. Uh, he came to Crew, so um, yeah. I mean, I've just I've got no ties with Stoke anymore. But um, yeah, that is that is a that is a confession. I never thought after. In fact, I might not if if I if I left the paper, I might not have told you that. What a scoop, Stu! You you you're going to go viral now. You've got the scoop that Pete Morse. Yeah, Stoke I can't Disney wait fan. to get this out into the airwaves. <laughs> um, I did have a question, Pete, from Steve Dale, who's been on the pod uh, before. I'm not sure how relevant it is now because he wanted to know how hard it was for you to stay balanced when you're writing about the club you care about, but you don't write about Stoke. So, <laughs> 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 um, how hard is it? I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever found it that hard. I think I think crew make it easy, and maybe that's because I look through it. I look. Th- I see everything through crew Alex eyes. Uh, you know, know the club inside out, and know. 
the, the pattern of thinking behind things. So if there's selection, you know, if there's, you know, people are up in arms about selections and things like that, I normally know a bit more about the inside thinking. And, and, and because, you know, I think crew have had a, you know, a long succession of sort of, of good managers, good John Thordeson aside, you know, there, there's never, there's never been, I, I'm always sort of sympathetic to the cause. And like genuinely, I'm ge- not, not because I want them to win. I want them to do well. But I can I can see what what they were trying or what they were thinking or why they were playing him. There's always been that um, uh, strange, um, you know, almost unique situation at Crew where obviously results are first and foremost, but there are other dimensions as well de- de- developing players. So sometimes you see that happening, and you know people are getting fed up. But you know that you know it's worthwhile playing Charlie Kirk for those fifty games when he doesn't score a goal. Because they know what's going to come eventually, or they know what they hope's going to come eventually, and it's easier for me to sort of see that now. With I mean, you know, I'd be an idiot not to see it now. I've had enough experience; I've been the vast majority of my life have been involved with the club. So yeah, so I suppose at certain times I've come across overly sympathetic, but I've always tried to be balanced. I've always tried to say it how I saw, how I saw it. Um, I just think that a lot of the time I, I genuinely saw things in a in a better light than a than a 4-0 defeat might have seemed to others. Um, I know this is your podcast, Pete, but I'd just like to tell you a little um, anecdote about how or why I realised that I was the right place sitting in the fans' seat rather than the manager's seat, because it's about Charlie Kirk, who you just said. Because at the start of his Same. career, um, it was Chesterfield away around Christmas. Uh, we were in a relegation from League Two sort of dogfight against them, and they were... They were the worst team I think I've ever seen crew play in a league game. And we beat them 2-0. We were bad that year, but they were awful. And I turned to my girlfriend, now my wife, and said to her, the thing with Charlie Kirk is he can have all the talent in the world, but if he doesn't work hard, he's not going to make it. Literally, as I said it, the ball broke to him. He ran down the left-hand side, scored his first goal for crew. And I said, well, there we go. I literally (laughs) know nothing about football. Well, I mean, I think that's that's maybe like the Luke Varney thing for me. But I mean, it's... um... I think it's a nice thing that, um, by and large, crew fans. I think it's. I think it's a nice extra dimension that we have, that we can. You know, we've got this massive homegrown element. We've got this uh, extra pride in those players. But we, we've got this, the the understanding of the. Um, I don't want to call it a business model, but you know the way the way the way the things are, the way the club operates, and what they're trying to achieve, and an understanding and an acceptance that. Um, you know these boys are learning on the job. Uh, you know it's a cry, it's a crying shame. Increasingly, you know, uh, through you see them loaning players like I don't know, like Alex Kawam, you say, twenty two, twenty three, obviously got you know pace to burn and talent. Never played, never played a game of football, and there's so many of them now, and they're just dropping out of the game, and it it shouldn't be allowed to happen. And I think um, it's nice that we have uh, the understanding that allows. Crew to to say you know look Charlie Charlie and Calamani weren't ready by a mile when they were playing in League One the season we went down they were not even close to ready but it's done them good it's part of the learning and yes we had to suffer well we had to suffer a lot that season anyway but you know you you, ha- you have to suffer through <laughs> those those times and we've all listen you know all three of us we've been in the stand and we've heard someone say you I mean I remember Rob Hulse's debut. And some guy near me was going bananas. You're a donkey, you know. You know, and you think, come on, have you not learned yet um, what the what the situation is? And, and listen, they don't all go on and prove you wrong. Sometimes 
sometimes those guys don't make it and they and they do sort of uh, drift away. But you don't know until you try and, you know, the coaches and the staff who've got a wealth of experience of doing that, a lot of them who have been that, Kenny Lunt, uh, Lee Bell, um, those guys, Alex Morris, you know, the ones who didn't make it are equally important as the ones who did. You know, th- those guys know know what they're doing, know what they're looking for, and they've got to back themselves. And, and we have to accept it when they back themselves um, and it doesn't work out because if they're scared to do that, they'll never do it. And, and we won't get to see the, the type of players um, coming through. I mean, to, you know, look at, look at the current crop. crop. We, we've got some great players coming through, but Perry NG, another one, a complete maybe. Year contract, didn't break through to, to his late, you know, later in age than some of them. Uh, big question mark over him, but a great attitude and, and, you know, just about survived a couple of, you know, decision times by the skin of his teeth. Um, Tom Lowry, he wouldn't be, listen, he wouldn't be playing anywhere else because he's, he's that small. He just would have been cast aside probably years ago by other clubs. But, that, but, but that's what crew do. That's what they're good at. Oliver Finney's another good one, still got a lot to do. But again, you know, he's, he's not that young. He's, you know, he's, he's uh, what is he, 22. It's took him a while to break through, but they've given, given him that time. Owen Dale, Billy Sass Davis, you know, Four-year contracts those boys are getting because the the club are backing themselves and they're backing those lads. They're backing at the work that they, that they've done, you know, since they were eight, nine, ten in the academy. Backing the lads and the attitude that they've shown. And if those guys come through and play, then that's what it's all about. That that is that is the achievement, and that is everybody's achievement from top to bottom in the club. And that and and I think the the fact that the fans, by and large, understand that, accept it, and enjoy it, and enjoy taking pride in those players when they go on to higher levels. We all love seeing, you probably don't like seeing Nick Powell score for Stoke, but I do. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, we, we, we all love seeing that. We all, we all love seeing Westie in the Premier League, don't we? And, that, yeah. is, and that, is, that is a real, and it's not just, oh, we played for Crew. No, he's from Crew. He's our, he's our lad. He was there from when he was eight. We know his dad. You know, that, 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 is, that is fairly unique. And, and you know, and it's, it's a real good thing that, that the fans accept it and, and buy into it as well, because that's what allows it to continue. Just on the note of sort of Ollie Finney and these three-year contracts they're getting now, What's taking the club so long to get to this stage to offer them that length of contract? Because ultimately, I get why they're doing it. They're protecting their assets. You know, we've spent so much time getting them up to this level. For the business model to work, we need to make sure they've got length on their contract. So when a club comes into buying, we can demand a fee we want. Why is it taking so long for us to get there? Um, I, yeah, I think I think that Steve Davis is a bit lax on that. I mean, I, I mean, it's another whole subject. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of uh, sympathy for the way he's regarded now. Steve Davis think it's I think that's all entirely unfair and and after timing, if I'm honest, by a, a, a lot of people, a lot of people. But I, I think that he probably was a bit lax on that. There, there is there is an argument to an extent that. A lot of these lads, say, say Oli Finney ran out of contract now, we'd let him run out of contract. Now, you know, Oli Finney's a good, a good player, a good lad, can take a goal, he's got, he's got a chance. But he, he wouldn't be cheap to take under the EPPP compensation. And that, and that, you know, there's an argument to say that you've got a bit of security there anyway. So, yeah, he's run out of contract, you offer him a new one. Well, someone's got to come and play, pay 250 grand for him or something. That's, that's not going to happen with the best will in the world. Uh, and even Tom Lowry uh, a year and a half ago, that's not going to happen. So, you know, Steve might might say that. However, you're always running the risk of somebody's worth 1.5 million going for 250,000. And you don't always know which one that's going to be. 
you know, might you because you never say it was going to be Ashley Westwood. You might have given Ashley Westwood one year and one year and one year, and then all of a sudden buy two hundred fifty grand and not a million pounds. Um, so yeah, I I, I think that he, he he let that get into a little bit of a mess, and I think um, one of the best one of the best things that David Artel's done is to to sort all that out. And um, yeah, listen, to these but you, well, we all know they're not they're not earning fortunes, um, but they are being rewarded now. They are most impressively maybe being they they are showing loyalty they are there is you know they they do feel that they owe the club something and listen they do we know that but i think that's a rare commodity in football at the moment the likes of you know you get perry ng who's proud to be captain and coming out and saying you know I, you know sign the contract because i owe them that um you know they've done a lot for me and i want to give some about it that is you know that is a, a tremendous thing to hear as a as a crew fan um, now, in my opinion, someone like him doesn't owe the club a thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. And again, that probably come down to, you know, whatever else is going on, what other options he might have, and the rapport that he's got with David Artel and and the staff there, and and how he feels about things. I think he's paid his debt now. He's played the games. He's, he's captain crew to promotion. If he goes for free now at the end of his contract, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. I'd say good luck to you. You you know you've done you've more than you've you've more than uh, earned your earned your keep if you like. Pete, so do you think it's likely? Hand on heart, I don't know. I, I, and I'm not. I, I would say I, re- I really don't know because it's such an un- unusual time. I think they, him and Wintle, would have gone, and maybe Kirk in a normal in a normal time. There's already less money. We've seen that. You know, they haven't sold a player for much money for a good while now. Anyway, now there's the pandemic. Clubs are more likely to go bust than spend money. So that is going to play into the options that you, that they have in front of them and and, uh, and and all that. So so I really don't know. Um, but I mean, I, I was just going to say, I always think it's quite funny. I do think those boys, oh crew, you know, though, though you know, I, I've, I've been talking about the the, the, the players that the academy have, have produced. I think Perry comes into that category. Yes, he's got skill. Yes, he's got ability. Yes, he's got a, he's got a fantastic attitude. But he, you know, he's been made into a player by the coaches and the work done at Crew. So yes, he does owe them, but there can be two. I think people can overplay that because why should he and the likes of him cover all the costs and be responsible for repaying the debts for the likes of me, who was there for twelve years for free coaching, loads of wages and everything else, and gave nothing back? We all wanted to give something back, and and we couldn't or weren't good enough or whatever. But you know. They're, they've sort of got that burden on their shoulders. So, 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 like I say, I do think they owe, but I think that I think that that debt there's a point where that's repaid, and I think in, in his and Wintle's case that has been repaid. What will happen? I don't know. Maybe they'll stay. I hope they do. But I, you know, I, I certainly don't think they owe the club anything anymore. They they don't have to cover the cost of all the all the flops like myself. Oh, you've given back to the club in different ways, though, Pete. Oh yeah, that's the way I like to see it. I'm sure they're delighted. <laughs> um, so I was, I've got a couple more questions on your journalism. But whilst we're talking about the current team, then how good are they? How far can they go, either individually or as the team? I don't know if you listened to the season preview, but Alex, along with everyone else, tipped us for champions of League One. Um, <laughs> I think we've had a bit. I think we've had a bit of a reality check since then. But how good are they? I think I think they've been an excellent team. And you know you've seen that in, in the in the way they play football and the style and, and the togetherness um, has probably never been better. And they've got some good players. I don't, I don't think I I can't see any superstars 
which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but um, Powell was obviously, keep going back to Nick Powell, but he was obviously a superstar. And Ashley, Ashley Westwood's a Premier League player. And for me, Luke Murphy could have been a Premier League player, obviously went to a massive club like Leeds. So so that team, if we're comparing, probably had big, bigger stars. This team has better balance for me and 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 and, and more more potentially good players. And now now there's the test, and the test is here for them. Uh, you know, I thought that the, the the game at the weekend was was interesting. I thought, you know, for instance, Ryan Winter, who's been sensational, I thought he struggled. I think, you know, and this is just this is literally my. He's a very he's a very down to earth lad from what I know, and you know, um, humble and works hard, and certainly. You know, doesn't stru- you know strut around with an ego and the like. But I think he's probably been used to being comfortable. I think League Two actually got easy for him. He was in the best best player or best top three players on the pitch virtually every week. Uh, yeah. And it looked to me, and this is again just my analysis. It looked to me like it came a bit of a shock to him on Saturday, and I, and I didn't actually think he responded that well to it. I thought he had a bad start to the game and and didn't really recover. Uh, and it was weird. It was weird for us watching. Probably weird for him, which is fine. Look, you know, the, the, these boys, all all their lives has been a football learning curve, um, and that, and that's fine. But but now the test is: can they learn from it? Can can they be as good in League Two? Uh, sorry, in League One as they were in League Two? And, and we we all think they can. I, I do think that they can. I think they've got it in them. But we we won't know until they start doing it. Um, I think Alex has been uh, typically uh, uh, enthusiastic with his pr- predictions uh, about championship, but uh, about being champions. But I think that you know, I, I really hope and believe that they've they've got enough in in them to be comfortable and maybe better. And I hope they get underestimated, like we always used to see, didn't we? We always used to see that. You know, we go to Hull on Saturday. I hope they underestimate us like they always used to, because because they'll come up short if they do. But those boys, and you know, and Harry Pickering, I thought he—we don't know—you've seen him struggle. He struggled a bit. I thought Perry Ng started slowly but came through. He responded well, and I thought he was excellent in the end. Charlie Kirk, good in the second half. All those guys, you know, haven't been here before. Um, Charlie, not for long anyway. And and they—they've got to prove it to themselves. They've got to prove it to the teammates. They've got to prove it to us. And and I think they can do that. But until we actually see it, we won't know. And, and the Charlton game, you know, Ryan Wintle might look back on that, and we might be, we might be hearing from him in uh, the not too distant future, and he'll be, he might be saying, "I needed that. It was good. It was a, it was a wake up call. It was a little, I had to knuckle down, and I had to play quicker, and I had to make quicker decisions. I had to have better awareness around me. I knew that my passing had to be crisper, and I developed from it. And 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 that's I think that's the kind of kid that he is, and I think he will do that. But we, we, you know, we've got to wait and see if he does, um, and if he does, and if and if the others do as well. Crew will do well this year. Just a couple of points there, Pete. Obviously, uh, you did say we played Charlton and you talked about the Charlton game. This is going to go out after the Hall game. So anyone listening, Ryan Winthrop might be man of the match, hat-trick, hat-trick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about the Charlton game. And we, yeah, we did on the pod after that Charlton game make the same point. We said, you know, this might be the wake-up call. We, we said almost exactly the same thing. Ryan Winthrop, Harry Pickering, they're used to being the top players on the pitch yeah. in League 2. Saturday against Charlton, they weren't. And hopefully the challenge is now for them to rise up to become the best players on a League One pitch. So, yeah, I'm full agreement with what you've just said there. Can we move on to your partner in crime then, Graham McGarry? Oh, of course you can. I've got a couple of questions again from Tim and uh, from Russ. Russ is our youth correspondent for the podcast. Um, Tim wants to know what is an away day like with Graham? 
<laughs> well, 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 good. I mean, he, we we, uh, we we don't always travel down together. Um, I've, uh, I've I've for a few years I've been taking my dad to the games, um, uh, and, and and often Graham get, gets there another way. So um, you know, of late he, he likes you know get he's, he's retired now. He likes me to carry his bags for him. He doesn't really <laughs> ask. He just he just points at the bag. So I, I get them up for him. But uh, oh, we get on great. I mean, he's been brilliant with me and for me. Graham, um, oh, it's, it's it's fun, it's fun. I mean, it it, it you know it's uh, it's it's uh, it's not work really. Yeah, at times, particularly when I was also uh, writing all the way through the games and trying to keep up with the commentary, and you know, and um, you know, I'll be typing and look up, and Graham says corner, and I look up, and it says goal, and I look a mug, and he comes out of it smelling the roses, and I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, I, I've got two jobs to do here, but we were also tweeting at the same time as writing and commentating. Yeah, yeah all of it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so it's it was quite it's quite a lot uh, to do, and also compiling a match report as well to uh, to go on the final whistle as well. So there's there's a live blog, building a match report and and tweeting through the game, and uh, obviously summarising on the radio. So it was, uh, yeah, it was it was fairly intense at times. Um, but um, it's, it's always it's always fun with Graham, and uh, it's good to be with someone who who has the um, you know. Listen, we we we're desperate for the club to do well. It's it's not very it's not it's thinly veiled, isn't it? Really, I mean, uh, we we try we, tr- we we always try not be objective. In fact, we probably come across a bit miserable, a bit too miserable when things are going against crew. We you know it probably comes through us. Uh, it probably comes through a little bit strongly, um, but but that's just the way that we feel, and 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 that and that's that's been good to do, and and I think that uh, people respond well to that. They 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 probably feel like they're in the same boat as we are, and, and feel the same emotions that that we do. Um, you know, and and you know, and obviously uh, Graham's been at it a long time, but he's he's still he's just so excited all the time. You know, I mean, you you, you probably heard the, the commentary at Bolton when. Owen Dale uh, whacked one yeah. in the top corner, and he said it's a Christmas cracker. It's because it is like Christmas for Graham when a goal goes in like that. And you know what? What can I do but but laugh at it? But um, no, we're all, we're always we always try and do a good job, but we're also relaxed and we don't mind having a laugh. And uh, and, and and listen, we you know what what we have got is we um, you know we've got the confidence of people at the club who, who know that we're on their side, and so so we we do know what's going on. You know, we, not not much will get past us. So. It won't, you know, it won't be a massive reveal to say that we know the team before we tell you the team because we can't tell you the team. We know the thinking. We've 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 chatted to we've chatted to Kenny and chatted to, to, to the manager and and you know so so although we can't we can't we never would reveal you know some of the things that they wouldn't want us to reveal. You know it does allow us to speak with you know reasonable amount of authority on the subjects you know on and off the pitch. You know, so, so I loved it. I, you know, I love it. I, I've, I've loved doing it, and um, you know, and, and and especially the fact that it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't Graham. Um, Russ wanted to know um, what your best commentary moment with him was, but listening to that, it sounds like that might be quite a hard question to come up with one answer. Best commentary, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, there's 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 funny ones that that everyone, you know, the, the one that Mansfield when we we didn't know it was a goal. And there's, there's 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 been all those that con, you know when when Graham shouts goal and it's a throw in, uh, all those all those things are great. But I think I think probably 
Probably both Wembleys, and, and that's, that's a real cop out. But not 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 just because Crew were at Wembley and won, but just just to see the the way you know uh, Graham was for the promotion one. He, he would you know he was he was absolutely on another universe. He was so excited and and happy, and and uh, you know when anyone who was in the club afterwards saw his dancing, um, you know, I, I, I mean, it absolutely makes me howl. People saying he's a Port Vale fan. I mean, if that's what a Port Vale fan does, then He's not a very good one, you know. So he's um, so so that I think that was just a brilliant day, obviously for everyone. But it, you know, that was a that was a good time. And then probably a nice one was the other Wembley, the the, the Johnson's paint when when Luke when Luke Murphy scored. Now I don't know if you do or don't know, but but Graham's, Graham's been close to Luke Murphy for a long time. His uh, his his sons are mates with Luke. He's from he's from the area, um, and and Luke spent a lot of time around his house as a kid, you know, just being mates with his son. So, I think he's he think he's been close with him, you know, and looked after him and been a confidant and an advisor all that time. And so when when Luke scored at Wembley, you could see he was he was he was quite close to tears, you know, he was quite yeah he had a, he had a, a sort of a I don't know like a proud dad vibe going on. Yeah, and, and that then that was lovely to see. So I mean, I don't know. I held it together to be honest. Crew win at Wembley, Luke Murphy scoring. Je- Jesus Christ, you know, to, I think he'd he'd happily died and gone to heaven then. But um, I'm glad that he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that would have made it a different broadcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I didn't know that about him and Luke Murphy, but it does sort of make sense with what we were talking about the other day on the pod with the fact that. Luke Murphy looked so relaxed when it was Graham that was interviewing him to say that he'd come back to crew and talking about how he was happy to be back and everything. But, I mean, it makes sense if it's someone who you sort of see as your, your mate's dad who you've known for years and years interviewing you, then there's got to be something special there. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, again, I don't know if it's a, re- a reveal, but it was, you know, it's uh, th- things are, things can be a lot simpler than than you realise, you know, obviously, you know, clubs are, you know, all big organisations, they've got scouts, they're on the, you know, on Scout getting Tuber and any from the Norwegian from Denmark, but it can also be Graham McGarry texting Luke Murphy saying, what are you doing? And Luke Murphy replying saying, well, I'm just training at home. And Graham McGarry saying, well, why don't you get yourself down training at Reese Heath? And Luke Murphy just saying, do you think I can? And Graham said, of course you can. I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll text Gaffer, I'll get you in. And that's, that's how he got back. Right. That's, it, it's just, it's just, but it was Graham who started that, and Luke being overly polite and uh, not presuming anything, and uh, you know, and just uh, thinking, well, you know, I can't, you know, I can't just rock up at Reese and start training, and, and McGarry being McGarry going, of course you can, we'll have you, and then he had to, he had to have a, a test, he had to have his uh, COVID test to make sure, and of course, as always, I mean, I mean, Luke, Luke being very polite, he didn't need to, he, he must have known that you know the club always looks after. The Rex players in that way, and uh, and of course they said, yeah, come and train, and 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 obviously, you know, probably at that stage they thought, well, he might be beyond us in terms of money, but Luke's, um, as we all know, I mean, he he genuinely does love the club, um, and he he, you know, I think he's he's someone who who likes to feel settled. He, he's gone off and earned a lot of money and done really well, but I think yeah, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't have travelled, you know, a, a, an extra hour down the road for an extra whatever pounds a week I, I think I think he's I think he's happy that he's back and um and and, and hopefully you know probably play his best football um you know I think he's that kind of lad he, he's, if he's happy and settled it, it, it will help his his character and his football and uh but yeah I mean that's that's how that happened and and sometimes things can be that simple and that daft and uh and uh and yeah that's the story of uh how Luke Murphy initially started coming back and training anyway 
full of scoops then. Thanks for this, Pete. Yeah, this is going to make our listenership skyrocket, I think. I was about to say, Gray McGarry, commentator by day, stealth scout by night. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, you, 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 like I say, a lot of the time it is as you'd imagine. Lots of lots of uh, formula and red tape and agents and, and all that caper. And then other times it can be like a... And because everyone's known each other for so long, and that's it's like a Sunday League club, it can be... Uh, and like I say, it wasn't, it wasn't Luke texting Graham, it was Graham saying, well, we need a midfielder. Who do we know? Luke Murphy. He's not a club. What are you doing, Murph? And, and off you go. It just uh, it can it can happen that that easily. Okay, I've got one more question for you about Graham Gary. Uh, it's comes from okay. Kim again. He'd like to know why you've never taught him how to say the word Alexandra correctly. Well, I think he does say it pretty much correctly. But what? Listen. We look. We what do we what do we need that for? We know what he means. We, he's a he's a, he's a he's a character. He's our he's our character. I, th- I think he I think he does say it right. He's he's got he's got his he's got his own little ways of uh, enunciating things and uh, and, and we know. Uh, I mean, he called um, at the weekend. He called Doughty who scored the opening goal. He called him Doherty all day, and I'm thinking. <laughs> Why he doesn't even say Doherty? Why are you saying Doherty? Um, but I think, well, I'd like carry on. That's that, 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 they're the great things they are. They're the, the little imperfections of what make him perfect. Fair enough. Well, I hope that's answered your question, Tim. Right, I've got a couple of small questions, and I'm going to let you go because I'm appreciating that we've kept up you quite a long, a long time in the evening. Um, so, a couple of questions then. Who's your best player to interview? Who's been the worst player for you to interview in your time? It's going to sound like another cop out, but I mean, David Artella was always great because he, you know a lot of players come in and uh, and they they don't really want to be there, uh, you know. But he would come in and he'd cross his cross his legs and he'd fold his arms and uh, he'd be off and 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 that's what he wanted. He was always just like he is now, really. Um, and and they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty few and far between those those kind of guys. Um, you know, crew have had a, a few de- decent interviewees over the years. It's normally the more experienced players who've done it for longer. And actually, as you, as you, as you see players progress on the pitch, they often progress off the pitch as well. I mean, Charlie Kirk, you know, has got better and better, for example, at, at, at giving interviews. Um, some, some, of them, some of them never get it. Some of them just, just hate it. Some of them have to be dragged by the... You know, there's the certain players who, even if they, they scored a hat-trick, they still want, want to be interviewed after the game. They're still trying to sneak out. But I mean, yeah, again, yeah, again, I, 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 it just is the truth that David Artel was it was right up there. He was he was the captain. He always spoke with authority and and the and the sort of um, and gave you the depth that that you're looking for. Really, not just the uh, the cliches, but the real depth and the understanding and and um, and the honesty that you know. That a lot of interviews can be the same, and that's not that's not that's not their fault. But I mean, some some of the questions that they have to ask, they have to answer are. You know, uh, a pretty. You know, what can they say to them? You know, are you looking to win next week, or you know, does that defeat hurt? You know, we we have to ask them, uh, and in a way, we hope that they they surprise us. But often they don't, and and you and in their shoes, they probably wouldn't. But someone like someone like David Artel would would always give you a little bit more, um, you know, more more to go on and uh, and, and 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 educate you a little. The worst, the worst. Well, listen. 
Kenny Lunt was horrendous back in the day, and now now we've all got you know first class honours degree in 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 understanding him through over the years. And he, he's got a lot better, Kenny. But the worst we ever had was interviewing Kenny Lunt while Gary Roberts tried to put him off. That was the only time we've abandoned <laughs> one. I think we were, we were speaking to Kenny who didn't want to be there and we couldn't understand what he was saying. And Gary Roberts, well, we all know about Gary Roberts, was doing everything he could to make him laugh and put him off and throw things at him. And we actually abandoned that one. Um, who's the next player that we should be excited about? Who's the next one that you've heard big things about? I mean, I'm excited about Josh Lund at the minute. I mean, I think I think he looks, he looks a real prospect. Uh, and another... Another good one, in in a way, is you know he's not coming the team at seventeen. One that has obviously taken a bit of work, and he's gone out on loan and done really well. But I mean, it, what surprised me? I mean, he's a, he's an example of a late developer. He's got, I mean, he's such a baby face, isn't he? Um, he? He just looks like he looks even younger than he is. But he's he's big and he's strong and he can run and you know run running ahead of the ball, which we we haven't got many who do that from midfield. He's brave. He gets whacked. He gets up. He can play. It wouldn't surprise me to see him in the team soon. I mean, I know Crew have got good, good strength in depth. You know, in, in well, in all departments, we fair at the moment. But um, it, you know, it, it, in the, at the end of the day, the manager uh, has always shown that he, he will pick the team that that deserves to be picked, and it won't matter how old you are or how old you aren't, whether you're Paul Green and you're you're getting towards the end, or you're Josh Lundstrom and you're only just starting out. You will you will get the nod, and um, I've been really impressed with him. Um, surprised by him, um, if I'm honest, because in, in the few times I've seen him, he's looked that good. I've thought, I'm, su- I'm surprised he was out on loan. You know, he, he, he looks like, and I think that's probably just testament to the fact that crew have had a strong, a strong group um, in midfield um, and they've got a wealth of options that, you know, in, 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 a, in a different stage at the si- of the cycle, and we all know the cycle that I'm talking on, about, you know, the the cycle of development when you, you get a group and it's and it's hard and they're young and then you know, and they they improve yeah. together and at the minute we're at the top of a cycle aren't we when these guys you know they're not 18 anymore they're 21 20 they're accomplished they're established they're still improving they're still young but they've played 150 yeah, games we're right at the you know the the, the top of that and in in inevitably we we'll, we we'll, we will go back down round um, but if you've got the likes of Josh Lundstrom coming into you know for instance take over from Ryan Winslow or whatever it may be then you know, hopefully the, the the down cycle won't be as bleak as it as it sometimes can be. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, someone coming through. But I mean, I want to see Calamainly come through, and it it, it it seems a it seems a weird one. But I've got a bit of a beam upon it at the minute. I, I, I re- he he's he come, mm. he's so close to being so good, and he he sort of frust- I'm sure he obviously frustrates himself more than he frustrates anyone else and you know what whatever we think don't don't think that he he's he's not frustrated but he's so close to being our best player but 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 so far at the same time and I just don't want to see him have another year as a sub and it's very difficult and this isn't a criticism but we know that Dario would just play him he would just play him and play him and play him like Luke Varney I'd have I think Ainley, I completely agree with the Ainley sentiment here. I think actually in terms of ceiling, he's probably got the biggest ceiling potentially to go the furthest in the game out of the lot of them. I know people will say Kirk, you know, pickering how he started. Yeah. But I think Ainley's the one. He's so two-footed. The way he takes the ball on the half turn, 
I'm sounding technical here. I'm not at all. It's just like, it just looks natural to him. Um, so he's the one. And they've backed, they seem to have backed yeah. Ollie Finney over him in that midfield role. And I, I think, you know, credit to Finney because this time last year, I wouldn't necessarily, he's the one they gave an extra year to. I think I would have. They did. He came in, he scored goals from midfield, but he's very left-footed and very obvious with him. And, you know, as I think we said on the first podcast about Lionel Messi, he's very left-footed, very obvious with it, but he's Lionel Messi. The thing is, with Ainley at this level, because yeah. he is two-footed, you don't know which way he's going to go. He's got that ability to beat you on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side. Why have they sort of picked... It seems as though Finney's got the nod over Ainley. Like, why? I, d- I just... I don't... I'm struggling to, to understand why. They might seem as um, sort of uh, more more reliable. Hey, hey, listen, Oli Finney is more likely to score a goal than Callum Ainley at the minute. That's why he's in the team. Oli, if you look at if you look at Crew's team at the minute, the, the team that's starting at the minute, the, the I'm digressing again slightly, but the the, the 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 main one thing that Dario always used to say, and I'll, I'll always come back to what Dario used to say. That's that's just uh, that's just me. But he used to say, he used to say. You need three or three and a half goal scorers in your team. You've got to have that. Now, if you look at Crew's team at the minute, they haven't got that for me. Crew, the, the, the eleven that's you know Porter's out and and so on. But and I and I think they I think they've probably got two, and I think Finney's one of them, and I think Charlie Kirk's the other one, and I don't think they're going to score much more than ten. I think that Mandron, who's looked great, I've been really impressed with him, um, but his goal scoring record is is poor. Not 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 average. It's poor. So can 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 that change? It, it doesn't happen very often. At his sort of age, if you don't, you know, we've we've seen it before. We've we've got the likes of Haber. Can we improve him? No, not really. Vidane Oliver. No, not really. Bowery. No, not really. The, those guys who score goals score goals. Sean Miller, the opposite end of the scale, scores goals. You might not be able to get him in the team because he doesn't give you enough in ninety minutes. But you saw what happened at Bolton. He he just scores goals. So Mandron, Mandron, um, you know, I would say at the minute isn't isn't you can't call him a goal scorer. Owen Dale, you can't yet call him a goal scorer, although you can see it coming maybe. Ryan Wintle, three or four a season. Luke Murphy, three, four, five a season. Tom Lowry, probably about the same. Callum Ainley, probably about the same. Ollie Finney, for me, will get will get more goals. And that is probably why he's in the team at the moment, because the managers think I've got I've got to have the, my best chance of scoring a goal. However, I'm not saying he has to replace Oli Finney. I know there's a lot of games and the season's condensed. But I just want to see Calamani play in the same position for a run of games. And, for, and if it doesn't go well for us to suffer it, and that's so difficult. It's so easy for me to say that. It's League One. It's tough. We're playing big teams. Um, and it, it's not as easy as it used to be. But that that is what he and it, listen. He may, maybe maybe he doesn't do it, but he certainly ain't going to do it if he's sat in the, on the on the bench. And I just I just think and you know I know that Dario would just play him and play. He'd say he's he's the, he's the guy. He could be our best player. He could be worth two and a half million pounds. He's got to play, and whatever else we do, he's got to play. And and I'm and I'm, I'm listen. I'm I'm sat on my landing next to my Wi-Fi to try and make this. You know, I'm I'm no one. You know, it's easy for me to just say that. Um, and it's so difficult. And with all the good players as well, Finney, Wintle, uh, Murphy, Lowry to come back in, Lundstrom. You know, I, I'm, t- I'm talking all these guys up and he can only pick three and I get all that. And I don't see what they see in training and, and, and I abide by that. But I just, I just feel he's too old now to be sat on the bench every week, get the odd game, get dropped again. 
he could be really special for us. And, and, and you know, you're talking about players emerging. I want to see him, because he hasn't emerged yet for me. He still hasn't. We're still scraping the surface with him to, to find out, to truly find out what he can do and what he yeah, can be. Yeah, I mean, he, it was a season where we were struggling in League One, which would have been, what, 2018, where he nearly went in January. There was all those rumours. And he was our best player at the time. We lost Cooper that window. And I remember thinking if we lose Ainley, we could easily drop out of the league. Um, he's never, I don't know whether his head's got turned by the move and it never necessarily kicked on, but there is a serious player in there. And I just, no. I, I'm exactly the same as you. I'm desperate for it to come out and you really want it to come out as well. No, I think quite the opposite. I think that I think Calamani had the opportunity to go elsewhere and wanted to stay at Crew and wanted to play for Crew and develop at Crew and, and understood that he wasn't really ready for that type of move and, um, and, and possibly. Uh, in the face of um, conflicting advice, shall we say, he was the he. From my understanding, he was the one who said, "No, no, I, I, you know, I need to stay." Um, hey, listen, he's got he's got to earn it, and he's got to do it, and he and and you can't have a million chances and not take them. But I, I think he's looked pretty good in, in in the time that he's had on the pitch today. He's just he's just one of those. He's, I've just got to be in my bonnet about him at the moment, and um, I think that uh, I'd, I'd love to see him come through and be a star player. Moving away from crew and talking about you again for a sec. Um, obviously, there's been quite a bit of a change in your life from last season to this season. Can you tell us anything about the decision to leave the Chronicle? It, it was simply because my role was going to change. It was out of my hands, and I I wasn't going to be able to to cover cover Crew Alex and cover the other clubs and sports that I did. Well, in well, not in the same way, barely at all. I mean. It, I, it's not. It's not entirely clear exactly what it, what I'd have ended up, what it had looked like for me if I'd have stayed. But it was. It was completely clear that I wouldn't be at Crew Alex on on you know games, um, and that 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 was enough for me really. Um, it was, um, you know, without going into it too much. Obviously, the, the you know the, the landscape's changing for local media anyway, um, and you know it's, it's getting more difficult and. Uh, you know, I had a decision to make. Forty-one now, and and with with that changing out of my hand, then I I had the choice to, you know, whether whether to make a change myself and try and do something different or something similar or or, or something else. I've been at the paper more nearly twenty years, and and uh, I thought, you know, rather than waiting, um, and and do and doing a job that inevitably I wasn't going to enjoy as much um, because, you know, uh, covering the Alex and being around the Alex and being at the games and being at Reese Heath and, and that family that family feel that you get there and, and that I sort of feel an extended part of, that that was going. Um, so, um, you, you know, it was, just, you know, it's, it was a bit of, it's a bit, it's a bit daunting really because, you know, I haven't got a grand plan but, um, you know, I just, I felt it, I felt the time was right. I was wondering what does come next for you? Anything in the pipeline? Well, there's what there's one or two ideas, you know, one or two of them revolve around the Alex. But um, ge- genuinely, no. It, I mean, that, and, you know, and, and you know, I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of a, a daunting time, um, you know, for everyone uh, if you if you're going out of work. But um, no, it, it, it isn't the case that I thought. You know, I'm going to do this, and I, you know, I might do something entirely different. I might do. I might do something, you know, nothing to do with journalism or football or whatever. Um, I'm pretty open-minded, to be honest. Um, but no, it, it was just that that was the situation at the Chronicle. You know, they've they, they've got other plans, um, other priorities, evidently. 
um, and it didn't really fit in with me. So, um, yeah, I just pulled the trigger. So I do have um, some quotes I've got from our other panellists. I did ask them, as I've been saying during the pod, some questions. These two guys, they came back with um, a little message for you, completely off their own back without me asking them. So Steve Hatton said, could you wish Pete all the best in wherever his career takes him next? His writing has been informative and honest and he'll be much missed. And then Tim Robinson said, can you express my thanks for all the coverage over the years? I reckon I've read more lines of copy from him than any other journalist on the planet put together. And he's going to be a massive miss for the club and us fans. Now the Chronicle have made the bizarre decision not to cover the local football team. So, I mean, there's just a little bit there, Pete, about how much I think people are going to miss your writing at the Chronicle. That's just for two guys, like I say, completely unsolicited. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, but um, yeah, um, and yeah, the the, uh, the reaction that I got was, um, you know, was uh, overwhelming. Really, I, I, I didn't sort of expect it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was lovely on social media, and you know, the, the response that I got, and um, you know, it's a nice feel. It, but that that kind of, that kind of sums it up, though. That that kind of sums the club up. And you know, from everyone, from the, the the staff and the playing staff, and off the pitch, and the and the supporters, that's that's that that's what it is. That's what we are. And you know, and 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 that sort of um, you know, those kind messages and 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 the, those thoughts that were expressed to me were were very much appreciated. And uh, and and then, like I say, surprising, but then I suppose not surprising because of what I'm saying, because because that that that's the club that it is, and. Um, you know, and I and I'll miss doing it. That you know, I listen. I, I, I would I would have carried on if I could have carried on. There was no question about that. It, it, that just wasn't an option to me, so I had to make a decision. But um, yeah, you never know. Might be back in uh, one guys or another. Will we'll... the club get you a leaving present or anything? Oh come on! Now it's a, listen. It's a magnificent club, but uh, <laughs> no, listen, get get, get oh. a penny out of that. No, no, oh. no, no, <laughs> no, no. But the club, listen, that that was one thing I, I, I did forget. You know, because in my uh, Twitter messages. I did sort of thank everyone apart from the club, and and really, I should have thought thank thank the club. And I thought to myself, I've took that for granted, and that we all do that, don't we? We take it for granted what a great club and what great people are there. And although that reflects poorly on me, I, I think they know that you know what I, how I feel about them and 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 everyone there. But um, yeah, I mean. We, we, we we all take it for granted and uh, and 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 take things for granted. Probably people took me writing for the Chronicle for granted, and uh, you know we 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 should all try not to because um, you know it's a great time at the minute for the club. But but we all know that everyone will be behind them and stick with them through difficult times. Listen, we've seen that over the last few years, on and off the pitch, for multiple reasons. And we, we sort of come through it together, and um, you know the, the club the club are brilliant in every respect. The 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 great with you know I, I can't really fault them the way you can fault them now because yeah they didn't get the leaving <laughs> present. But apart from that, yeah yeah they're terrific, and um, you know and I, th- I think we do all appreciate that. Pete, I want to say thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, sorry if it's taken a bit longer than we said it was going to, but that was an amazing chat. I'm hoping everyone else at home listening agrees. And I will just extend uh, the welcome and the invitation. If you ever want to come on as a panellist, I'm sure we can squeeze you on to the pod. Yeah, anytime. You and Alex, again, thanks uh, as ever. Yeah, thanks very much. Just uh, Pete convincing us all how good a liar he is there with the fact that he said he enjoyed the last however long we've been on the uh, on the pod for. But uh, actually, very, very 
I did enjoy it, you know, and I didn't actually say that much this time, which is always an indicator that for once in my life, I'm using the two ears, one mouth ratio. Again, thanks a lot for listening. I hope you enjoyed this special episode. Let us know what you thought. We'll be back on Monday with our more regular format. Until then, goodbye. Bomb, 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 bomb